Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is Radio Influence. The future is now. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. That's right, it is time. It's time for Beyond the Badge. That means it's Tuesday. That means it's 8 p.m. That means you're tuned in right here to RadioInfluence.com, the hottest radio in the land today. If you don't believe me, check it out. RadioInfluence.com. My boys over there, Jason and Jerry, have set the radio world on fire. And hey, they got this crazy guy named Vince Hill to be on their network. How about that? And if you're just now listening to this show, just starting to listen to Beyond the Badge, Beyond the Badge talks about the top police cases facing the country today that we all see in mainstream media, but I do it from a twist. I do it from a police point of view. I give it to you real, I give it to you raw, and contrary to what people will say, I give it to you unbiased because when I see BS, I call BS. But I will tell you, when I see something that is not BS, that mainstream media is making police to look one way or to make them look this way, or certain groups are making police look that way, I call them on it. And anybody that's listened to this show in the past will tell you, Vincent Hill will give it to you real, raw, uncut, and he will give you the truth. Now, let me catch you up on my week. Last week... I did the show the following morning. I was on Fox and friends on Fox news and the topic that they wanted me to speak on. There was as part of these leaked hacked emails, there was some shakeup in the democratic party where certain democratic candidates were told, this is what they were told and pretty much scorned for it, that they were a too pro police and B to anti-Black Lives Matter movement. Now, first of all, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard because contrary to what a lot of groups say, we need police in this country. We can't shoot rubber bullets. We can't use batons. We can't just tell people to get on the ground because bad guys have guns, which I'll talk about when I revisit Milwaukee here in just a little bit. Bad guys have guns. So, Anybody that's pro-police is somebody, I would say, is an okay person because they realize police are here for law and order. And the GOP candidate, Donald Trump, has said that term numerous times, law and order, and that's what police are here for. So I was on Fox and Friends last Wednesday. I hope you got a chance to watch it. If not, you can see it on my website, which you can find on my Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. Go check the link out if you haven't, but I'll give you a little bit about about what I said. So, of course, the anchor, the host, asked what I felt about uh, these individuals in the Democratic Party being told they're too 
pro-police and two anti-Black Lives Matter movement. And my answer was simple. And this may offend a lot of people. It may tick a lot of people off. But the truth is the truth. And my response to that was, and think about it, my response to that was, it's unheard of for a party that needs the black vote to then say they support something that 80 to 90% of the demographic that will give them that black vote say is a racist organization that only targets black people and they're untrained, uneducated white thugs. So as a Democrat, if your Democratic presidential candidate and your current administration has for the last eight years talked about how police were bad, how they were racist, how they were the devil, basically. If you're a Democrat to go against that, then of course they're going to say, hey, there's a problem. We don't want you in the party. And these are some of the emails that went out. We don't want this person in the party. Because if we support something that our constituents, our demographic that we're going after, and it's in the report, it's in the emails, that they needed the black vote. It's in there. If we support that, then we may lose this vote. It's simple politics. Let's not get confused, misled, or anything like that. Hillary Clinton has a history, a well-documented history, of not liking law enforcement. There are plenty of law enforcement that used to work for her that will tell you the exact same thing. So it's no surprise that Hillary could say, oh, wait a minute, my demographic that I'm going after says police are racist. I'm a white woman who, by the way, never liked police anyway, running for president. I know. Let's agree and say, yes, that police organizations across this country are racist. They're just white people targeting black people. And they want to destroy the black communities. So, therefore, I am anti-police and I am pro-Black Lives Matter. Let's not get misled. Her agenda is clear. Her agenda is to get in the White House. Now, why not attach her personal feelings to something that has become a national phenomenon if she thinks it's going to get her in the office? But if it does, and that's a big if, even though she's ahead in the polls right now, if it does get her into office, does that mean that police shootings in the black community will stop? Does that mean that black people getting pulled over by white police officers will stop? Does that mean that black people won't get arrested? No, that's not what that means. And here's why. Here's why that will never stop. Whether Hillary's in office, Bernie Sanders, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, whoever gets into office. Here's why it will never stop. Because the fact is, there will still be crime in the black community. And demographically, I've said this a hundred times, 101. Demographically, there are more white police officers, or should I say more white men in the career field of police officers than blacks. So... We can still go down and say it's an overwhelming number of white officers in the black community. Well, 
It's simple demographics. It's simple math. If you have a police department of 400 officers and 26 of those officers are black, guess what? You have an an overwhelming amount of white officers in the black neighborhood. If you take a city of Ferguson, where the population is over 85% black, and then you send the Department of Justice down to say, well, blacks are targeted more than whites. Is it really racism or, or is it simple demographics? Remember, crime brings police, not color. So if you take that 85% where the crime rates are the highest, look it up, don't take my word for it, and then you take the other 15% where the crime rates are relatively low and crime doesn't really happen, again, is there a racist, systematic racist organization targeting the black community or are the resources of that department being allocated to where they need to be allocated at. Now, so back to Fox and Friends, because I kind of went on a tangent there. So one of the other things I said, and think about it, and you can agree, you can disagree, but for the last six, seven, eight years, when there's a police shooting that happened, we've heard from the President of the United States, the President for all Americans, not just black Americans, but we've heard from the President, on Michael Brown, of how it was racially unjustified. Tamir Rice, how it was racially unjustified. Alton Sterling, the president of all Americans, at the memorial for five dead Dallas police officers who died protecting BLM supporters, at their funeral, their service, their memorial, said that America needs to feel the pain of Alton Sterling's family, who was shot and killed while resisting arrest with a gun in Baton Rouge. Now, fast forward to Milwaukee about a week or so ago, and I haven't heard from the president. And what I said on Fox News was the president and his press secretary probably had their speech ready to go until, until it was learned that it was a black officer. And think about it. We've heard from the president of the United States of all Americans, mind you, every time a black man has been shot by a white police officer. If you don't believe me, look it up. But in Milwaukee, where this 23-year-old black man was shot by a 24-year-old black man who was in his right to use deadly force to protect his life against deadly force, we haven't heard from the president of the United States, the president of all Americans. Why not? If you say that the system is broken and it needs to be fixed, is it only broken when it's a white officer and a black suspect? But if it's a black officer and a black suspect, it's okay. Or if it's a white officer and a white suspect, as in the case of Dylan Taylor or Dylan Noble, it's okay. Or Zachary Hammond, and I can go on and on about the white kids that were killed by white officers. But it's not a racial broken system then. You're not speaking on it then. So why speak on it any other time? And speaking of the president and speaking of 
shootings, here's a staggering fact. A staggering but true fact. In President Obama's hometown, which is about an hour away from Milwaukee, and I graduated high school in Milwaukee, but in the city of Chicago, since 2005, 2005, more young black men were shot and killed than the amount of soldiers killed on the war in the war on terrorism in Iraq since 2005. Now, when you hear the word war, again, you think, you know, grenades, helicopters, bombs, tanks, all of this stuff that you think. You see movies about it. It looks graphic. It looks horrific. You see war, right? You see it on the news, right? You see it. But in the president's hometown of Chicago, Illinois, more young black men have been shot and killed by black men than the amount of soldiers killed in Iraq. That, to me, is horrifying. That, to me, is something to protest against. You know, here's something that I'm going to say, and it's really probably going to piss a lot of people off, but I've always been known to step on toes. Now, we have the Black Lives Matter movement, And they go around each city and they protest how black lives matter and that white police officers are just the devil who just have it out for black men. Well, here's the thing. No one, no one in recent history since the civil rights era, really, no one in recent history has said that black lives don't matter. And I know there's people that are going to say, oh, actions speak louder than words. But think about this. No one has said black lives don't matter other than the black community. Now, if you want to talk actions speak louder than words, look what happens in the black community. The day that Seville Smith got shot and killed in Milwaukee by a black police officer while he was fleeing with the stolen gun and pointing the gun at the police officer, that same day, nine Nine shootings happened in the city of Milwaukee. Black on black. Five of those people died. Now, who says black lives don't matter other than the black community? Here's another example. This past Sunday, three people fled from the police in a stolen car. One decides to shoot at police. The officers, of course, return fire, you know, meet deadly force with deadly force, not shooting in the leg, not pepper spray, not aspartame, not please, sir, put the gun down. They responded with deadly force. That individual died, right? Well, on that same day, just two blocks down the road, a black man, 27-year-old, was shot and killed by another black man. The same day, that people were questioning this police shooting in New Orleans this past Sunday of why they shot so many times and all of this other stuff. Now, keep in mind, it was a stolen car and it was fleeing felon felon, and the police were justified in shooting him once he shot at them in that same city, just down the street, just hours later, a black man killed another black man who says black lives don't 
matter. It's not the police departments in this country saying that. It's not Donald Trump saying that. It's not anyone in the Republican Party saying that. No one says black lives don't matter action-wise more than the black communities across this country. And it's been that way long before Michael Brown, long before Tamir Rice, Alton Sterling, Freddie Gray, and the list goes on and on. Because, let's be honest, did Seville Smith's life matter before he was shot and killed by police? No, it didn't. Because look what he did. He shot at someone last year. He intimidated witnesses. He sold drugs. He was in a gang. There's pictures of him with guns, throwing up gang signs. Did his life matter to the community of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, that set the city on fire? Did it matter nationally? No, it didn't. And guess what? The person he shot at last year, his life didn't matter. So we can go around all day every day until the next decade and talk about how black lives matter if, if and only if, they're killed by police. And I guess I got to take the word white police out of that now because look at Milwaukee. It was a black police officer, but everyone's in an uproar about Mr. Smith being shot by police. Now, had he been shot by the guy he shot last year as a retaliation, it wouldn't have made it past the local news at 10 o'clock at night when no one is even watching. Mark my words. So here's what the current administration in this country has told us for the last six, seven, eight years and while this presidential campaign is going on. Here's what they've said to the black community. It's okay if you resist arrest and you're armed with a gun. And it's okay if you've done that in the past. It's okay if you're in a car, you flee from police, you get out of that car with a stolen gun, and you point the gun at police. It's okay. It's okay if you go rob a store and then fight with the officer. All of that is okay. But the second a white police officer has to use force against you, we will fight for your rights. We will fight for your family's rights. Because although you did criminal acts, and although your actions led to escalation by police, your actions, we will fight for your rights. We will demand justice. And don't worry. If the police officer is not charged, then we will send the Department of Justice in there to say that department is racist. And then we'll be able to get your family millions and millions of dollars. That's what this administration has told this country, the black community, for the last eight years. Has that fixed the problem on crime? No. If you ask me, it's made it worse because I see videos now where there are young black people challenging the police, challenging them. I'll get paid, blah, blah, blah. You won't do anything. 
I'll get this because that is the mindset that this administration has bestowed upon us. It's sickening. And mark my words, mark my words, there will be a DOD, DOJ investigation in Milwaukee and the report will read the same way it read in Ferguson and Baltimore and Chicago. It's going to happen. This officer was justified. He'll be cleared. He likely won't be indicted on anything. And then the DOJ will go in and say it's a racist department because there's an overwhelming number of blacks stopped by police. Well, let me give you a little history lesson. And I may have shared this last week. When I graduated in 1991, 25 years ago, the same things that Seville Smith was doing before he got shot by police, selling drugs, shooting people, carrying guns, all of that stuff was going on then. And guess what? Police were in the black community because of it. It wasn't because color was there and they wanted to harass the black community. It's because the crime was there. I lived it. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. I still have relatives that live in the black community of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who see it every day with their own eyes. There's a thousand Seville Smiths sitting in the city of Milwaukee that will carry on in his actions long after this blows over. Trust me. Now, speaking of Milwaukee, so, of course, the biggest thing has been, oh, we want the body cam. Well, the Attorney General on yesterday said he would not release the body cam footage, and apparently there's two body cams that captured the shooting. Now, everyone's screaming already since he made this decision that you got something to hide, you're not being transparent, but I understand why he did not release the video. So let me play his press conference of why he's not releasing the video. The most common request has predictably been for the release of the videos of the body cameras. We will not be releasing those at this time. First, the body camera video is just one piece of information among many sources of information. They give only a narrow and incomplete glimpse of the overall picture. And I can tell you now, viewing the body camera videos will not answer all of your questions. Your questions will be better answered when the videos are viewed in the context of all of the information that is gathered in the investigation. More importantly, release of the videos would compromise the, the integrity of the investigation. We have stayed in contact with Mr. Smith's family. They have some distrust of the system, and that is understandable under the circumstances. Um, it is my understanding that, uh, that Mr. Smith's body has been released so that they can conduct uh, their memorial service. The autopsy results, at least the preliminary autopsy results, have been shared with the family through the medical examiner. The family has not seen the video. Um, this is the same circumstance with anyone. If we released this to anyone, that those individuals could uh, share the details of that and compromise the integrity of our investigation. 
When the time comes to release the video, the family of Mr. Smith will be the first that we share it with. Now, let me break that down a little bit in layman's terms. There's a few things that he said that I want to touch on. The overall piece. He said watching the video, the, the body cam would be just one piece of the entire situation. Well, what did he mean by that? Well, it's simple. Because most, if not all, body cams are designed to start recording once the officer exits his vehicle. So, what you won't see is the escalation, meaning the police chase when they initially stop the car. Him getting out of the car, you won't see that. What you will see is the foot chase, the shooting. You'll see things of that nature. But remember when I say the totality of the evidence, the things that lead to the escalation, you have to consider all of that when you're looking at these cases. And he also said that the family of Mr. Smith had a distrust for the system. And that was understandably. So, I don't understand why it's understandably so. And here's why I say that. Because any parent knows exactly what their child is doing. Mr. Smith, who went on the media and said, black people have to put the guns and the drugs down because it's a trap to be used to kill black people, knew, knew, his son sold drugs, knew he was known to carry guns. He knew he was known to shoot at people. So why would it be inconceivable that the same said person would then use a stolen gun after fleeing from police to turn around and attempt to shoot that police officer? Is it unheard of of young black men shooting at police? No. And if you don't believe me, please go to the Officer Down Memorial page and check it out and see how many black men have shot at police. Or just go back in history a few months and start looking at some of the police officers that have been shot and killed in the line of duty by black men. So for the family to say there's a distrust and they want to see the video immediately, to me is quite crazy that logic is not logical to me now i get it yes they lost a family member but i've said this on my show before if my son was out gangbanging and selling drugs and posting pictures with guns and i knew he was walking around with guns and doing illegal activity i would not be that parent on the news saying why did you shoot my son when he pointed a gun at you and people are going to say, Oh, it's easy for you to say that now. No, because it goes back to what I said. Every parent knows whether it's good or bad, what their child is doing. So to say you distrust the system, I actually distrust your parenting because at what point did you try to get him on the straight and narrow to make sure that he was not out gangbanging, that he was not out selling drugs, that he was not out stealing guns, that he was not out shooting people, that he was not 
without pointing a gun at police. I just trust your parenting skills in the case of Seville Smith. Time and time and time again, we point fingers, we do the blame game, but we don't point the fingers where they need to be pointed at. Because we can go down and down and down and down a list of racial disparity, systematic racism. We can go down and down and down a list that the majority of blacks who interact police have use of force used against them. We can go down and down and down the list of everything we've heard in mainstream media for the last eight years and from this administration and from the Department of Justice. But the fact is, no one at any time told Mr. Smith in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to be in a car, to flee from police, to have a gun in his hand, and to point that gun at police. So, until we stop playing the blame game and throwing the race card and fixing what I've been saying needs fixing the crime in our communities, then we will always be at a point where we are now. We will always have someone telling us it's racial. We will always have someone blaming everybody and their mama about what's going on, but nobody taking accountability for their actions or for their child's actions or anything like that. Until we do that, I guarantee you, we will be exactly where we are now. You think Milwaukee is the last one? No, probably in the next day or two, there's going to be another one. Maybe the one in New Orleans that I mentioned a few minutes ago where three guys got out of a car, one shot at police, and he's now dead. Now, there's already one person saying, I heard 10 shots. That's excessive. Really? Well, if you heard 10 and the bad guy was shooting at police, then I'm guessing, now I'm not a genius, but I'm guessing some of those shots were from the bad guy. Right? Excessive? Or, what have I said a hundred times? Police are trained to shoot until the threat stops. So, if two of those shots were the bad guy, and the other eight were from the police, guess what? At least a few of those, the threat hadn't stopped. Now, you may not like what I just said, but the fact is, we've seen it in Milwaukee. We've seen it in Ferguson. We've seen it in Baltimore. We've seen it in Chicago, which, remember, more black men killed by black men than soldiers killed in the Iraqi war. We've seen it in cities across this country where we play the blame game, but no one is playing the accountability game. No one is manning up to say, you know what? Yes, maybe I could have raised my child better. Or you know what? If this person wouldn't have done A, B, C, D, E, F, G, he wouldn't have got shot by H. No one is doing that. And that's the situation we're in right now in this country. Black Lives Matter movement is not doing that. But God forbid, God forbid that a police officer has to act then it's a disgrace 
They're untrained. They're thugs. They're this. Like that police officer woke up that day and said, man, I'm going to go kill a black person. That just happens to be in a stolen car, fleeing from police with a stolen gun. Because I was really good at finding crime and finding stolen stuff. But what would be the chances that I would find a Seville Smith that I knew would flee from police, that I knew would get out and run, that I knew would have a stolen gun, that I knew would point the gun at me just so I can justify shooting him? Come on, people. Come on. Think about that Black Lives Matter movement. Think about what leads to the escalation in all of these. And while you're preaching Black Lives Matter, please go to the city of Chicago. Please go down there and really talk about Black Lives Mattering. Remember what I said. And remember what I said. No one has said Black Lives Don't Matter except for black communities across this country. Little kids die every day. Little black kids. Grown black men die every day at the hands of people that look just like them. And again, if we want to start talking statistics, 2014, 2015, 2016, more whites have been killed by police than blacks. Remember, simple demographics and simple math will tell you everything. Look at the population count versus demographics. It's simple math. But anyway, I'm done. With that said, it's time for roll call. And for those that are first listening to this show, this is your first time listening to the show at the end of every show. I pay respect to an officer who has lost their life in the line of duty, giving the ultimate sacrifice, protecting and serving as police do every day of their lives and every day of our lives, and we don't give them credit for it. So, tonight I want to honor police officer Timothy Kevin Smith, Eastman Police Department, Eastman, Georgia. A white police officer killed by a black suspect. Let that sink in since we're talking Milwaukee and since we're talking, oh, because someone has a gun doesn't mean they're going to shoot police. Yes, it does. Police officer Tim Smith was shot and killed while responding to reports of a subject carrying a firearm at the intersection of Smith Street and Main Street at 930 p.m. Wow, what did I say? That police respond to crime, not color? Hmm. Officer Smith made contact with the subject along the railroad tracks adjacent to the intersection. The man opened fire on Officer Smith, wounding him. Officer Smith was able to return fire and inform dispatch he had been shot. The subject fled and was apprehended two days later in the state of Florida. Now, Officer Smith had served with the Eastman Police Department for five and a half years. He is survived by his three children, two stepchildren, fiancé, parents, and three siblings. He was murdered two days, two days before his 31st 
birthday. I want to say Godspeed to you, Officer Smith. Thank you for your service. Thank you for paying the ultimate sacrifice, protecting and serving. Well, who did he protect and serve? Well, he got a call about a guy with a gun. Guess what? Bad guys that have guns don't have them for home protection. So could Officer Smith have paid the ultimate sacrifice by stopping a robbery, by stopping another homicide? I bet you he did, but people don't even think about that. Thank him for paying the ultimate sacrifice, protecting and serving his community. And think about this, Black Lives Matter. Had this white officer shot and killed this black suspect, would you be protesting? Just like you're protesting in Milwaukee of the black man who fired or sorry, who pointed a gun at police. This isn't a game. Bad people do bad things. Black, white, Asian, whatever. Bad people do bad things. And thankfully, we have police in this country to protect all of us from them doing bad things to anyone and everyone they see fit. That's what police do. Hey, I'm out of time. I want to thank you so much for listening to this show, to my previous shows, to my future shows. You know where to find me right here, radioinfluence.com, the baddest, I mean the baddest radio in the land, radioinfluence.com. If you don't believe me, check it out. Jason and Jerry have set the radio world on fire, radioinfluence.com. I'm available immediately after this show on iTunes. So if you didn't catch me here, catch me on iTunes. I'm out of here. I'll see you next week. Thank you. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you the best in digital media broadcasting. We've got something for everybody. National sports radio talents such as the fabulous sports babe and Rich Herrera. Huge podcasts like the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. And the MMA Insiders with Jason Floyd and Sam Kaplan. New shows like Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill. Entertainment shows like LOL with Nancy Alexander. And shows that'll make you think like Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger. We've got you covered. You can find all our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.